this week on Dig Me Out. With your hosts, Jason Dieck and Tim Minichi. Jay, we're back again with another episode thanks to our Dig Me Out Union on Patreon. You can help us make the next episode happen by joining us at dmounion.com or digmeoutunion.com. Jay, this is our second of two second chance episodes. It's where we rescue a selection from uh, uh, one of our polls that tied and lost in our runoffs. So for people that don't know at home, I'll let you I'll let it let you know a little thing that we do here at Dig Me Out and over at our Patreon. We take 27 albums every month suggested through our website at digmeoutpodcast.com. You can just go there to suggest an album. We throw it into the uh, master spreadsheet and then 27 of them get plucked out by our intern Zora. And well, no, she's not an intern. She's actually an employee because she gets paid, right? She's this isn't one of those she internships is. where you're you're earning credits for know. school or something. She's a 1099. She's a 1099. That makes sense. <laughs> uh and three polls of nine, those get whittled down to six. And then the final six battle it out for supremacy. Whoever wins that gets reviewed. However, Twice this year, we had ties of those final six. We did last week, we did Swerve Driver. That was a tie. And this week, we're doing a record that tied in August, lost to Adorable, which was uh, a shoegaze album called Against Perfection. But we're bringing it back, Jay. Bringing it back. Come on back in. Step back in the ring. This was a pick by Darren Lehman. I'm going to give you the description first so you can figure it out. Well, actually, you probably know what it is because of the title of the show would give it away. That you're <laughs> downloading. Maybe you didn't read the title. Maybe, Maybe you didn't read it. We're so excited. You just hit play and didn't even. Exactly. Play. That's entirely possible. <laughs> Likely. No possible. Sure. Uh, he said this baritone folk inspired Troubadour's album. One is inescapable for about two years, two straight years. Hayden emerged from the indie rock folk scene to put his mark on Canadian music. The signature voice and sweet melancholy themes are reminiscent of Elliot Smith. Hayden was known for playing certain songs with bizarre tunings or having the guitar out of tune during recording. And speaking of Hayden and his first album, Everything I Long For, which came out in 1995 in Canada, 1996 in the United States. Jay, are you familiar with Hayden? I thought I thought Hayden was a like late 90s early 2000 like British <laughs> artist or band. I always thought they were like in with maybe like um Travis. Oh, really? And that sort of thing? Yeah, like the post, I don't know what would you call that, like post pop pop kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, so yeah, I'd heard of them and I thought I knew who they were. Uh and I was wrong. Uh I heard I had heard the name, but I had never listened to it. Uh you know, having grown up in Buffalo, I'm I'm 
deeply connected to all things Canadian, and uh, I take my Canadian knowledge seriously. So I'd I'd heard of Hayden, but just hadn't checked it out. Uh, he actually he started his own record label called Hardwood Records, and all of his uh, records, at least in the first uh, six of them, all came out on his label first, and then they were, well, the first one, and then subsequent records after that were released by him, and then co-released by like Geffen, Universal Music, um, and then the last he's so he's released, uh, I believe, eight albums in total. Everything along for, like I mentioned, came out in 95, then The Closer I Get in 1998, Skyscraper National Park in 2001, Elk Lake Serenade in 2004, In Field and Town in 2008, The Place Where We Lived in 2009, Us Alone in 2013, and Hey Love in 2015. Now his full name is Paul Hayden Desser. He's from Thornhill, Ontario, Canada. And, uh... This record was, um, well, it was released or it was recorded uh, partially at his, at his home. Um, and then some tracks were recorded at the Umbrella Sound uh, studio in Toronto. And then the Crazy Head studios also in Toronto. Uh, this actually did fairly. Oh, that's not the real. That's not what I'm looking for. So this got a re release. Uh, and the couple songs got cut off. So if you're doing the 14 track album, that's the re-release. That's the uh the the global version, not the Hayden local version. Wait a minute. So I did the 20th anniversary, which had it looked like 16 and then three demos. Well, I think part of the so what were the what was track fourteen? Do you lounging? Do you know, okay, was there? There's there on the Spotify version of the original yeah. recording. There are two songs after that on the same track, so maybe they're split up. I'm not oh, sure. Okay, because okay. it's eleven minutes long, and then yeah, like original recipes is just like a throwaway spoken thing. It's called skit one and skit two on Spotify. Okay, okay. So basically the same thing. Yeah, and then you get, you got some bonus demos. Good for you. Uh, so we got some comments. So originally when this came out, this was our August uh, poll. And people were excited for this. Um, going back, Jerry Med said, I had no, I know there is no way Hayden is winning this whole thing. Well, you were actually wrong there. Or pretty close. But I'd love to hear review this album as it was originally released. I need Tim and Jay to listen to the hidden track. Um, which which would that be? <laughs> right now that we've compared notes and they're listening completely, I'm guessing. And then he said he followed up with another comment, Jay. Oh, it looks yeah. like the 20th anniversary edition in Apple Music has the original tracks plus some demos. Not that it matters. If there was a 2000s pod, I'd definitely find a way to get Sky, Skyscraper National Park reviewed. Um, Jeff Jensen said that Hayden album is on my personal queue for my 12 month reviews. Um. Chip Midnight mentioned that he uh, ate bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwiches with Hayden while interviewing him here in Columbus at Bernie's. And uh, Kyle Bittner said it's about it's about due time that Hayden gets reviewed. He's such an underrated musician. And I have been following him since day one. I remember purchasing the original C- release on CD at HMV 
It was $30 Canadian. Oh, oh my gosh. Canadian at the time. The exchange rate was different then. Remember, remember, like you would go to Canada in the 90s and you'd be like, I have $10. And they're like, no, it's actually $17. Yeah. And you're like, wow. Yeah. Now it's not like that. Um, he said it was $30, which was a lot of the time. So I had to wait for my punch card to fill up so I could get $10 off. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Um, and Willie Dillon said that's like $500 in today's money. Um, also, David Heverlin said, as great as the Hayden album is, and it's so damn good, I have to go with Adorable. Okay. And uh, so that was it for that original poll. Then for the finals, we got some comments. Willie Dillon said, I went with Hayden, even though I suggested Sam I Am. The album is an interesting mix of folk and grunge. The production is fantastic as well, which is interesting considering the guy who recorded it only has Hayden listed on his credits. So one and done for that gentleman on his recordings. Um, Kyle Bittner said also, uh, no doubt that Hayden deserves to take this one. This album is stellar, beautifully emotional, unique, and different from the majority of albums usually reviewed. The lyrical content, content alone deserves discussion. If Hayden doesn't win, I'll be for Aphex Twin. Well, Aphex Twin didn't win. It was adorable. Um, Jerry Mann said, hot damn, is Hayden going to pull this off? And uh, yes and no. Past Jeremy. And then we had our runoff. You know how it's. You know how that goes. Adorable one. We rescued Hayden. And uh, now we're going to talk about it. So, Jay. Please tell me one thing you enjoyed about everything I long for by Hayden. I agree on the production comment. Uh, it's, it's interesting. It reminded me of, it reminded me more of the sound of the uh, MTV Unplugged or like uh, Nirvana or Alice in Chains where you get uh, dark sounding um, kind of, melancholy rock band or sound that's tuned down or toned down i guess uh so even when they're uh, like for example on in september the second track when the guitars get fuzzier you still have got acoustics mixed in the drums sound a little restrained like they're maybe they're using um uh, brushes or something it's just it's mixed in a way that even when it's loud it still has this intimate sound to it and then on the quieter things say like uh we don't mind you know it really gets that kind of intimate small room vibe going uh the vocals very up front pretty dry overall as a record um i like also when they bring in the acoustic bass like normally i don't even notice acoustic bass but there's a couple songs on here i think they're using acoustic bass with the acoustic guitars bad as they seem is a good example and it has this kind of grind to it that, that uh i think sounds pretty cool um and then the, i think the last thing is just vocally i think he's using harmonies pretty successfully um he's often using a, a falsetto and a deep 
voice together, which I think really helps um, helps the melodies quite a bit. gives gives the overall I think feeling of the record some depth. Um, Stem is a good example um, where I think that comes together really well. So it's an it's a very ninety sounding record. I think the grunge call out is is pretty good in terms of for the general population i think you could play some songs from this and they would probably describe this as sounding grungy um it doesn't necessarily i wouldn't necessarily say it sounds lo-fi and it doesn't necessarily sound straight up like bulky i think it's in this very to me like like i said grunge bands doing mtv unplugged mixed with some folky songwriting at times and um, also some fuzzy guitars you know there's some stuff on here where it gets into a dinosaur junior territory you know i think uh in september and in, in driveway little there's some little dissonance going on there's some fuzz going on you know it rises out of that intimate folky sound and, and gets a little bit bigger so there's some range here as well even though it's um you know production wise kind of small and intimate so that's the thing i like the most how about you well let's see can we just jump to what didn't work (laughs) all Um, right i'm gonna have a long list too i think some of the guitar recording sounds good in terms of fidelity like i can hear the strings ringing out clearly um i really like the piano i thought the piano with the reverb like kind of having like a a room feel for the piano that sounded cool especially with his voice it's a nice contrast because he the piano parts are really pretty they're not like dissonant or weird right so the counter between that and then his super deep voice uh, i thought worked pretty well I know that I can be sensitive about like vocal approach. Yeah. Like if, if something, if there's like a thing that I hear and it doesn't work for me with the vocal, then I, I can't like unhear it. Yeah. So like somebody said, they can't listen to Matthew Bellamy of Muse sing because they, he takes a breath before every time he sings. And now yep. all they hear is him taking that breath and going, yep. <gasps> yep. <laughs> um, 
I, uh, yeah. So the music was okay. Um, this might be this might be the record that works the least for me we've ever reviewed. Oh my goodness. And I, I really like having a hard time with that because so many people yeah. like this record. I know you were reading the comments it. and I was thinking, oh my God, I don't, uh, I don't quite get it. And I don't blame, I mean, I can understand why people would like this record as a confessional songwriter. Um, I get that. I personally, ha- and I've said this before. I don't love singer songwriters. Oh, okay. um, it's just not my jam. I've never heard that. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you look at my my like music collection, I have almost no singer songwriters in my music collection. I don't like even Neil really Young? like it when when lead singers do solo records because I don't care. I want to <laughs> hear a band. <laughs> okay, I hadn't put that together about you. Yeah, so like the Rolling Stones, love them. Mick Jagger solo, no, yeah. don't care. Um, yeah, I have a really hard time with with that aspect. And so I was like, it's got to be me. I'm I'm the problem. It's me. Hey, I'm the problem. It's it's a Taylor Swift situation here. Um, I don't, I don't know if you know that's from a Taylor Swift song, Jay. <laughs> I wasn't familiar with that one. Okay, it's on our new record, uh, Midnight's. Okay which okay. you can pick up uh, at any oh. local record store. There's five variants on the cover. Thanks for giving um, her a plug. So anyway, so I was like, I'm going to go search the internet for some reviews and see what, what people are saying. And I went to Rate Your Music, which is a common place to go to, to, to see what people are saying or have said. And it gives you like the, you know, the album information. It tells you what the overall rating is from like all the people who reviewed it for the website. And then it gives you like genres and descriptors. So under genres, it was singer songwriter, acoustic rock, indie rock, emo grunge. Under the descriptors, it was self-hatred. Oh my. Male vocals, depressive and lethargic. Yeah. That's not what I tend to look for <laughs> in, my, right. in my music listening. If those were genres, it, you wouldn't be flipping through those at the, at the record store. Right. I'm kind of past the self-hatred point. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 I'm working on that. I got to, yeah. you know, I, I, I do my transcendental meditation and I go to my counselor and I'm trying to, trying to right. be a positive person. So joking aside, I had a really hard time with the vocal um yeah yeah it's so lethargic and i found myself like leaning forward as he was singing like okay yeah. i got through that line and like i i think what the problem is i had is that the, then the the rhymes became predictable oh yeah like he was singing so slow i knew what the rhyme was going to be before he even finished the, the line before it because i it was obvious yeah yeah um I had a note on that, like the melodies become this monotonous drone and often he doesn't, not frequently enough, let me put it that way. He doesn't have like a B section to the verses. Yes. Um, When he does hardly, hardly, yeah, hardly is a good example where he does and it helps a ton when he doesn't, it's, it's like you said, like 
this long drawn out heavy emphasis on consonants or all you know the yarling kind of thing and uh you it's very predictable like you just you get he gets in the rhythm of what the melody is and you're like oh i know what the next word is i know where the next rhyme is like, yeah nothing about this is surprising me missing from your laughing from your everyday i need you to be beside me why don't you to talk about that yarling <laughs> that he's doing because it's if you had told me that this if you'd play that and be like this is a parody yeah. of eddie vetter right i've been like yeah that sounds like a parody of it like somebody's making fun of eddie vetter's voice right. like i i could not wrap my brain around that stylistic choice it just sounds it just sounds put on is is my problem like it sounds like an affectation that yeah. he's deciding to do rather than sing. And I'm not, I think he's a, he's a talented um, player and, and musician, but it's just, it's like, it's like I was shooting for Mars and I'm, and I'm aim and I'm heading to Jupiter. <laughs> like, it's just, it is the complete long, wrong trajectory for my musical tastes. Doesn't mean that other people, I, I I feel like I have to qualify all this because I feel so bad that I'm I'm taking a what is essentially a large dump on something that people seem to really <laughs> all like. All we can do is be honest. I mean, right? I'm and I'm trying to like about the pieces and parts that work, and then be honest about the ones that don't. For us personally, and if anything, this really helps codify in my brain like what I like to listen to versus what I don't like to listen to, or what I I find uncomfortable to listen to and um this is the latter not the former the um, uh the one of the things that i keyed on in my passive listens that i just could not let go was when he goes into that guttural vocal in like a song like when this is over uh or skates it sounds ridiculous mm -hmm. and it sounds like a Tom Waits parody. Yeah. Um, and what happened was in the passive listens, my perception was a lot of the record sounded like that. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, Oh, okay. So, you know, next couple of times I listened to it, I was like, wow, I don't know, man, this vocalist ridiculous. Now, when I went back and took my notes and really listened for that, it was less present than, than I remembered in my passive listens, but I think I was just had such a negative reaction to it 
it just colored my entire experience with the record going forward. Um, and I just could not get over it. Um, I disliked that vocal style so much. Um, and it was, I mean, it's the most extreme on the record. And then you get this majority of the record is in this middle place where it's the same kind of drone predictability, yarling affectation, predictable melody. And then, you know, there's maybe, you know, 10% of the record where I think the vocals are, are good and there's harmonies and it's more about melody and there's B sections and it's interesting, but that totally got lost because I was just so uh, negative about that ridiculous guttural thing. Deep lines on his wanted something somewhere that i could like relate to in terms of what i like and there was just yeah. like was just missing i mean one of the other problems is like there's like on bad as they seem or you know the opening track like if you're gonna do that vocal part you gotta break it up with some other stuff that's and not the yarling or the guttural yeah. like just ch like change the cadence of the delivery, change the melody, do something with it. I can't listen to bar after bar after bar of that same like droning melody and stay you know, engaged. You know, it's funny is that song to me sounded a lot of like a lot like the elements of Marcy Playground, Sex and Candy without the songwriting. <laughs> yeah, it was like that style of singing, similar instrumentation. Um, the vocal is in the same range, but it doesn't have like the clever hook and the, the songwriting craft that they have. Yeah, honestly, I I don't know if I read this somewhere or if or if what, but it sounds like if in the '90s Beck made like a side project album of like dirgy folk music. Yeah. You know, yeah. after he makes Loser and Odele, he's like, I'm going to do this. And it's going right. to be like completely bizarre <laughs> and mess with people um, in, a, in even more than like Sea Change did when that came out. Like. It just. And I guess what confuses me is like, why this record? Why does this one get the attention? Like, why isn't why aren't there other singer songwriters who. Is is his vocal and his delivery the thing that makes him so unique that people want to check him out I, I that's the only thing i can think of um 
I don't know. Don't know. Because um, I saw comparisons, like you said, you know, Tom Waits in certain parts, but some people were comparing him with Leonard Cohen, and I'm like, no. It, I get it's a baritone, it gets yeah. a deep voice, but Leonard Cohen was an amazing songwriter, a, a great at his craft. Yeah, I mean, are the lyrics that good? I, I mean, I consider Leonard Cohen lyrics pretty pretty strong. I, I didn't yeah. found these fine. And I read quite a few of them. I, I was not blown away. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... Uh... Maybe there's something lyrically going on here that we're just not... It's not speaking to us. Maybe, and, and maybe we're not the right age anymore. Yeah. You know, maybe if I was younger um, and I was... What were the descriptions again? Um a self-hating, depressive, lethargic male. Yeah. Uh, in my in my teens, like this might hit me completely different. But True. This now is a hard thing to digest. Um, <laughs> it's an hour of <laughs> uh, almost all the same kind of thing. Um. Yeah. It's funny the uh, the song credits, at least on Apple Music on the twentieth anniversary, I don't uh, don't seem a professional. I'm assuming he he wrote these himself. He's he has uh, or whoever uploaded the record has the song "Tragedy" credit to, credited to uh, written by Barry Gibb, Maurice Gibb, and Robin Gibb. <laughs> I don't think that's true. <laughs> which I got a, I thought was pretty hilarious when I saw that. Uh, there's another funny credit on here. I'm looking for it. And all the lyrics are available too, which isn't typical on a record of this, you know, sort of indie records. The problem is, Jay, is that this album's going to sit with me a lot longer than the ones that I like because I'm still going to be confused about why it doesn't work. <laughs> it's going to haunt you. It's, it is going to haunt me. The, the song Trees Lounge, the demo, mm-hmm. is credited to Hayden and Steve Buscemi. Well, that might be... There was a movie called Trees Lounge. Okay. And Steve Buscemi, I think that was his directorial de- debut. So that might okay. be, have been written for the movie possibly there you go i only know that because i was into like lesser you know smaller indie movies in the 90s yep it's the only reason i remember that by the way completely unrelated speaking to steve buscemi i saw that adam sandler and uh brendan frazier sat down to interview each other for like a magazine uh and they talked about the lone rangers from airheads yeah uh and I think they were answering questions too. I don't remember and talking about whether there could be an airheads reunion. And I was like, man, they're all still alive. They could definitely do do like a reunion movie of some sort. I'd actually like to see that. That would be kind of funny. Like especially with that band, it wouldn't be funny. It would be funny. Like the, the successful band who reforms movie is not funny, but the not successful band. (laughs) right that reforms uh with those 
actors would actually probably be pretty more. It might be funnier than the original. I agree. Uh, so that needs to happen. Netflix has got a ton of money that if they throw at stupid things like have Netflix make that movie. I could see it like almost uh, make it like old school, but with the premise of a band. Yeah. I mean, there's a million examples of uh, of crazy band stories. So I mean, just pull from all that. Yeah. <sighs> okay. I, I don't know. I just get to the final rating here, I guess. <laughs> I can't believe we're ending. We're pretty much Full getting to the end of the year. And I think is... it was like, what, uh, 30 minutes or so or before we were supposed to record yesterday. You, you texted I me did. and said, I, I need more time with this record. And I, I was did. Like, I, 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 knew, I knew at that time. I was like, uh-oh. I, I texted you because I was like, I still don't understand what I'm listening to. <laughs> I need another day. And I just put it on and repeat. I just tried to like force myself to digest this it was like it was like being a kid and there's brussels sprouts on your plate and your parents are like you're not leaving the table until yeah. you eat the brussels sprouts mm-hmm. did you know jay by the way that they have genetically altered the taste of brussels sprouts in the last 40 years so the brussels sprouts we ate as a kid do not taste exactly the same oh, as brussels really? sprouts because i love that's our like favorite vegetable now but as because a kid i never ate them because they changed the flavor. They genetically wow. modified the flavor to make them more palatable. That's incredible. Point being, I, I, I treated this like Brussels sprouts. Like, I'm, I, I gotta yeah. eat it. I gotta, at some point, I've gotta get this down. And they're, those, they're, they're still sitting there. They're cold. And they're completely <laughs> inedible by this point. Really? Do they have soggy cheese on them? Or... One time, you, no, my mom figure out not, to make them crispy. My parents, my, my mom did not season anything. <laughs> just boiled them. Just, just was soggy probably they them. were just boiled. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you the truth because we'd get like peas from a can. Yeah. And yeah, then I, yeah. oh, yeah. and I'd be like, I can't eat these. Yeah. So I would, if there was mashed potatoes, I would try to hide them in the mashed potatoes and be like, right. oh, I'm full, but I ate my yeah. peas. Yeah. That never, it didn't work. We've come a long way on the vegetable game. I mean, if you can genetically modify the taste of Brussels sprouts, think about all the other things. Asparagus, broccoli, all these terrible tasting green vegetables <laughs> that I have avoided my entire life. Right. Uh, if you could just make them taste like, I don't know, root beer, that would be cool. I'd totally eat them. Or alter my nose in some way that everything always... That's the future. Actually, actually, I think that's the future is where all the food that we're supposed to be eating will be genetically modified so that it tastes good. And all the food we're well, not sure. supposed to be eating will be genetically modified yeah. so we don't eat it. Yeah. That makes sense. I'm in. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Because uh, <laughs> what uh, I'm doing now ain't working. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Um, okay. Worthy album, better EP, <laughs> decent single. Well, like I said, I I did my passive listens, and before I sat down to do my notes, I seriously contemplated this was going to be the first decent single for me, probably in a long time. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't think I've had a decent single in quite a while. Um. I did my notes 
and I ended up highlighting more than one song. Well, a single can be two. I highlighted more than two. Okay. So, in all fairness, I'm at a D, I'm at a better EP. Um, but I wanted to give the context of how close I was. It really took work for me to get there. Um, uh, as a normal music listener, I would call this a, be- a decent single. As someone who's you know dedicated to putting in the time and effort and really listening as hard as I possibly can. I've come away with um, a better EP, which would be in September, Tragedy, Stem, I'm to Blame, Hardly, You Were Loved, and My Parents' House. Where are you at? I'm at a decent single. Yeah. After you said all that, I'm at a decent single. Uh, Stem on the A side and Assignment in Space with Rip Foster on the B side. Is that the instrumental? Yes. <laughs> oh well done that's all i can take and i that's, can't take no more that's a fair play i just you don't like the vocal that's that's that's, that's the way to go, way to go. <laughs> yeah you pick the vo- you pick the song with no vocal and the one that has the like most palatable vocal i think yeah. on the yeah. whole record look folks if you're fans of of hayden um i you know i don't know what to tell you uh, it's just, I'm not going to yuck your yum, as they say. I'm not going to tell you it's bad. It just didn't work for me. It's just not my thing. Um, even if, even as a critical listener, I just could not wrap my brain around this. So the likelihood of me checking out any more music from Aiden is probably thin. It's, it's a, I, f- I feel like we've got a, such a great sym- like symmetry going on with our core listeners and after listening to those comments i'm lost yeah this was a this was a, a it was a gut check or not a gut check it was, was a, this was like a wait a minute am i the bad guy like <laughs> no it's the children who are out of touch like yeah, yeah i i i did not i thought there was something wrong with me like i i legit was like what am i not getting about this is it gonna just click i'm like it's all of a sudden it's just gonna click and i'm like oh i get it yeah. now because yeah. there have been records like that where i've like I'm not getting this yeah. like the into another was a good one like mm-hmm. first couple of times i was like I, I am really confused by this record i don't know if i like this or not yeah and then something hits and i go now i get it yeah so that didn't happen here We've got two more episodes left this year, Jay. Let's hope we can turn it around. We've got our final Patreon uh, uh, selection from our polls and then our year in review. Also, we'll have an 80s episode we need to do uh, to wrap up the year here. So three, three, two, if you, if, you, if you are not a patron, three, if you're a patron, because our patrons get 80s episodes every other month as a part of uh, being a patron joining the union uh we've had some good 80s ones this year we did uh iron maiden we did uh dio it's a pretty rocking year it was uh there were some other ones in there that uh i don't remember <laughs> at this exact moment but they were uh did we do the angels this year or that was that, that was last year that last was year. that was gavin's pick last year and this year it was iron maiden okay um what was the other one? there was some other ones um 
oh, we did uh, Rush, Presto. Yeah. So there's a. There you go. Yeah, yeah. We laid into the classic rock. Sure. Yes, we did. So we indulged. Uh, who knows what'll be our final one? We'll we'll you'll have to join us at Patreon to find out. Also at Patreon is the box newsletter, uh, which you can sign up for at digmeoutpodcast.com, but you can read it if you become a patron over at uh, Patreon. Uh, Every week we have a release calendar of new releases of albums, books, movies, TV shows, that kind of stuff, relevant to 80s and 90s music that we cover, plus reviews of new releases each week. And then uh, Apple Podcasts is where you go um, to leave positive feedback, even if you disagree with us. <laughs> We're going to get some nasty. This is I when know. we get comments on, on uh, Apple Podcasts, when we uh, don't get a record. and When we yuck somebody else's yum. Yep. Sorry. Happens from time to time. It does. Sometimes we're the bad guy. It's all right. Uh, so for Jay, I'm Tim. We're out. We'll be back next week with another episode of Dig Me Out.